Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome to episode 84 of the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today I am joined by both Matt Collins and Brian Joyner of the greatest Red Sox website ever, Over the Monster. Uh, welcome back, gentlemen. Jake, you're feeling frisky. I am. Matt, how you doing? How you feeling? Oh, just wonderful. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure you're feeling better than David fucking Price is right now because you're about to hear a rant from me about David Price. Not that you haven't heard one before, but let's just uh, let's lay the cards out on the table for Mr. Price here. Just to let you know how terrible he's been against the Yankees. So it is not overblown how bad he's been. Uh, he sucked against the Yankees again his last time out. Don't need to tell you that. I'm sure everybody listening to this watched it. He's now 2-6 and six versus the team with an 8.43 ERA, a 1.83 whip, and he's given up 13 home runs in those nine starts. He's also 0-5 at Yankee Stadium with a 10.44 ERA. And uh, just, just because I wanted to see, you know, just I, I wanted more punishment, I guess. I decided to look up his one playoff start versus the Indians, which I remember in 2016 was kind of a shitty start. But it was worse than I thought. 3.1 innings pitched, five earned runs, two walks. Uh, my thing with David Price is that this guy should not be near any sort of high-pressure situations, and he should certainly not be a starter for this team in the playoffs. Uh, Boston Globe had some really interesting stats on him. He's ranked 125th out of 126 all-time amongst Red Sox starters that have started more than five times versus the Yankees. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with David Price. I would rather have Brian Johnson throw a playoff game against the Yankees than David Price. Oh, my God. Nope, not even kidding. At least he'd have a chance. I don't even think you're, like, that far off base with anything you said until the Brian Johnson thing. That's, That's banana pants. Yeah, I agree with I agree with what Matt said. Like, because you can you can make an you can make a very good argument that uh, you want to go sale Porcello Erod bullpen game uh, pointer. You know you can get me. Just say pointer. Yeah, you know pointer. I mean? Sure. Sure. Fire okay, up. I'm in. I agree with you. <laughs> so I mean, this is a legitimate problem, though, guys. So how, how far have you guys come? on David Price at this point. Like it would I, I do feel like it would be legitimately irresponsible for the Red Sox to start him in the playoffs at this point. I mean, look, Barry Bonds was whiffing it 
80 like nine mile per hour fastballs in the world in the playoffs a couple years before he went and terrorized everyone and almost single-handedly won the world series the only point i'm making here is that shit can turn on a dime now i understand you have many reasons to think price won't do it least of which being that the yankees are excellent no matter who's pitching against them so they're always a threat to kick the shit out of someone um as far as past performance indicating future results in this case um as bad as things have been as bad as he's been in the playoffs i think if the red sox played the yankees in the playoffs david price would get one of the starting spots matt what do you think Oh, I don't think there's any question he would. I think the question is whether or not he should. And, uh, but why? But if he is going to, what does it matter? Uh, I don't know. I guess because we talk about the Red Sox on a podcast and this is a topic. Um, do you have, I don't know. I mean, I think support that. No. Okay. (laughs) No, I mean, I think I, I mean, I think ideally it would be Pomerantz starting in a spot, but I mean, there's no reason to believe Pomerantz is going to be back to what he was last year. And the other guy is right, and I don't really know what's going on with him and his knee. And I mean, do you really want to trust an Aquaball in the playoffs? So I'd probably end up giving it to Price. But I mean, the Yankees are in his head. I don't, I don't really know if there's any way around that at this point. I mean. I'm not as concerned about the playoff stuff, but I am concerned about the Yankee stuff more. I I do think uh, the interesting thing, and Jake has alluded to this elsewhere in his sane ramblings, um, that he was great in the super reliever role last year. Um, and if they could convince him that that was the right thing to do, that might be wonderful because David Price starting at the Yankees might be – something different than David Price coming in the seventh inning against the Yankees. But we are a long way off from that stuff. And if David Price can continue to beat the crap out of the Orioles of the worlds for the time being, uh, for the time being, that's fine with me. Um, I don't hate David Price like Jake does. But I also do think that David Price getting his ass kicked by the Yankees puts a dent in Jake's opt-out theory. Uh, yeah, it probably does. Um, that's one thing I have to say. His ERA went from like 3.66 to 4.2 just in that one start uh, against the Yankees. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on the idea of let's leave David Price in the rotation all year and let him beat up on other teams. I mean, I think in his last eight starts – before that game, he uh, he had a 2.76 ERA over that stretch. So, I mean, he's capable of beating up on teams when there's no pressure. Um, but there's also very clear evidence mounting, not as Yankees aside. I mean, the guy just can't pitch in the playoffs as a starter. He hasn't ever been successful at that. So, I guess when we're but talking Jake, about... Point oh, wait, bonds. wait, let me finish. Oh, no, 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 I want to finish. No, 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 I'm in charge, okay. Brian. Go, 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 go. All right. The, the whole thing with the playoffs with David Price is that we know that he sucks in the playoffs. We have overwhelming evidence. So when we start talking about, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't start Pomerantz because will he be better or maybe... We shouldn't start right because we don't know like what he would be in the playoffs. Like we know what David Price is in the playoffs. We know what he is against the Yankees. Well, and we know he we know what he's bad. We know what he's saying. But this why is the, do we have? Any, why would we think that anything different is going to happen? He was awful in the playoffs. Yeah. His entire career, he couldn't do anything, and then he just turned it around. And we obviously, I know that there are some mitigating factors in that. But my point is that in a given stretch of time uh any if you're going to pick a temporal unit and say that so-and-so can't pitch in this temporal unit that's uh, my take is that that is probably about 80 percent just happenstance now 20 percent of it is you're playing better teams in the playoffs so that is definitely valid but um 
I am not convinced that David Price could not like is incapable of pitching well in the playoffs. I haven't seen it, but I'm not. I don't think he can't do it. I mean, how much more evidence do you need? We've got like 50 innings of him pitching in the playoffs slash against the Yankees with the Red Sox if you had combined. If innings of a starting pitcher in a season, you would say that's yeah. not a big enough sample to do anything. So why do exactly. why then do we crown people who perform really well in the playoffs then? Why do we remember people like Madison Bumgarner for what he's been able to do in the playoffs? Or do we talk about you know David Ortiz for what he did? That's a small sample size too, but we honor yes, people they, like that. They, so why don't we crown people but who they, don't? They, they, we're talking about them doing it which is something to be uh, praised. You're saying he cannot do it. He cannot. I'm not he saying he should he be. I'm not saying he should be. No, 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 he has not done it, and he should not be praised for not doing it. I mean, but, all of sports history is just littered with players who couldn't perform in the playoffs until that one time that they did, and then that like Alex Rodriguez, Peyton Manning, or obviously LeBron James was that guy for a little while. I mean. Just because it hasn't happened before doesn't mean it can't happen. And I'm not saying that I would be super confident in price, but I mean to say that there's absolutely no chance. That's I don't I don't think it can go that far. How old yeah, is Jake, David I don't Price think any right of us are opt- Jake, we're not optimistic. Right. Let, let's let's but, back it up. A bit. How old we're is David arguing. Price at this point? He's 32. He's is he 32 how or 33 Justin, at this point? How old is Justin Verlander? Has He's, Justin Verlander ever been bad in the playoffs to this degree? I don't know. I don't know the same think, point. No, I don't understand the age thing. If you're talking about the, how old he the is, the age He's, thing is, you know, you talk about the comparisons between guys like LeBron or guys, you know, like Peyton Manning. They when was they, how old was Manning? I, I mean, this is a legitimate question. I don't really follow football enough. He was but like thirty, I think. Yeah, he was right fought. around thirty. I mean, when when they won against the shitty Bears team that he had barely anything to do with. Um, hopefully there are no Colts fans listening to this, but no, Manning was I, never well, the reason why they won any Super Bowl. No, he shouldn't have been. Adai should have been the MVP of that game. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we, hey, we can agree on that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, at this point in his career, he's already, like, he's he's past 30. He's past his prime. He's not getting any better as a pitcher. Why then should we believe that his luck is suddenly going to change? Because it's not Dude, a lot Jeff of skill. Jeff Weaver was a beast in the playoffs for the Cardinals. Jeff Weaver. It just random things can happen in the playoffs. But I guess, I mean, the real question is, and I guess maybe I'm not as convinced that he would get the shot. I mean, it seems like he would have to get the chance. But I definitely think that given everything he's – like it's not that – Jake, it's not what you're saying is invalid. It's obviously all true. He's been shit. He's been shit against the Yankees. I feel like they have to give him a start, but they ha- they'll they be re- – I think, Matt, the, the combination is that if they do it, they'll have Pomerantz ready to back him oh. up in like first or second. Oh, the, sh- the shortest of short leashes. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just there's no other like really appealing option. I think the closest thing would be Wright, because I don't really have any faith in Pomerantz at this point. And, I mean, Wright was obviously really good uh, before he got hurt. So if he came back and looked like he did before he got hurt, I guess I could see him getting a start over Price. But I don't know. I mean, I I feel like Price is going to be fine through the rest of the regular season. And that's not to say that should give you any more faith or whatever. But if he's pitching well through the rest of the regular season – I, I just can't imagine a scenario where they're not going to start up in the playoffs. Let me just That's just not a, how these things work. Let me give you one more one more thing to ponder on about David Price here. April 11th versus the Yankees. One inning pitched, four earned runs. Yeah, that he was got, an actual injury, and I mean, if you're going to play the like that, that was a fake injury card. I, no, I'm not going to play that, that. That's a fake injury, but the shortest of short leashes, even this, with this, this guy. Don't necessarily this last always start work. Might, this last start might be a fake injury. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say this. This last one wasn't because he's like, oh, I had blisters or something like that. It's like, okay. Did he say that? He said something. He was like, I had blisters. I didn't like, even I, pay attention. Oh, that, everybody, oh, oh. let me tell you something about that night. Everybody lost their like <laughs> fucking minds that night. That was absurd, even for Red Sox fans. I still haven't that, gotten that just my got back. Insane. I mean, I don't think you're. 
I hope you're not in the same boat as like people saying that this team just can't win in the playoffs and no. things like that. I mean, it was well, that, I mean, that was the thing. That was I don't know. That night just got weird. No, I, I was like really angry that night. Can we playoffs. agree that the first three playoff starters should be Sale, Porcello, Erod? Is that yes. pretty locked down? Hundred yeah. percent. Probably. Let me Whoa. let me just give you two more reasons here why David Price pisses me off. So everything else aside. Here are two quotes from him directly after this Yankees blow-up start where he gave up eight runs and gave the team no chance to win. I never have given up five home runs in my career. No one gives a shit, David. And then, the next thing, they put good swings on what I felt like were pretty good pitches. Some of them weren't bad pitches. Okay, don't say that. Like, holy shit, take a cue from Chris Sale. No, because it matters. I know. It matters for fans. Take a cue from Chris Sale. Whenever Chris Sale gets blown up on a rare occasion, Chris Sale says, I flat out sucked. I was shit. I didn't execute. I went out there and I sucked. Just say that. That's it. Just well, shut yeah, up but and Chris say Sale that. Chris Sale is much better. It's, it's much easier for him. I will say a couple of the home runs Price gave up were Yankee Stadium specials that were just like Yankee Stadium and juiced ball specials. Where yeah. It's just like they were to right field. It's like, come on. But he clearly – like he got pounded. It was that series. The whole series was weird. It was uh, the last two games were like not baseball games. <laughs> they were just the bludgeonings that were over in two. And the first one was a blowout too. Sure, yeah, but not like to the same extent. Not I guess, same but still None pretty offside. Yeah. I gotta say, Aaron Hicks, top five center fielder in baseball for me. I wrote about Aaron Hicks for uh, BaseballPerspectives.com today. Do you agree, man? I like Aaron. Top five? Uh, I I don't know. I I I don't know off the top of my head. Here would be my top five: Trout, Kane, Starling Marte, AJ Pollock, Aaron Hicks. That would be my top five. That still doesn't really help me. I don't know. I like Aaron Hicks, is what I'm saying. And this is also a fantasy thing and not real baseball, but. Yes. Oh, that, yeah, like that would be my real baseball list for that. He's in, he's in, the, he's. I would say like he's in the five to ten conversation because if you wanted to put a guy like Adam Eaton ahead of him, he's not healthy, but it's just a matter of how you want to judge it. But it, it's not unreasonable. Do you have Kiermaier on there? I kind of mm. like Kiermaier. Kiermaier's awesome, but I'm just talking about whole package, defensive and offensive. I think those. So what about JBJ? Oh my god. Moving no, on. No, 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 no. I'm. Oh, you don't like him. I forgot. Go ahead. No, you can't put him in the no, no, conversation right. for top five with no offense, man. Come on. No offense. I don't know, man. Dude has like a 500 slugging percentage since mid-May, according to a Twitter account that nobody likes. <laughs> well, that's good info. Uh, Red Sox are now four and five on the year versus the Yankees. They're ten and ten versus the Yankees, Astros, and Mariners for what it's worth. Um, I think the Red Sox are just fine. Like to 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 get away from the sky is falling stuff that we did see on Twitter. Like to go back to the stuff that Matt was talking about. Um, I am not at all convinced that there's any problem with this team that they can't win in October or anything like that. No, the only thing that I'm convinced about is David Price has no business starting in October. Um, but I think this team could 100% go to the World Series and win it with the team that they have right now. Of course. They've won over two-thirds of their games. It's absurd that anybody would say otherwise. Absolutely absurd. Is their best record to this point in the season, I mean, ever? I'm really asking. I think it's since 1948 or 46 or something like that. The Ted Williams. So about since integration when I have said before when I think all records should begin. So I'm going to count it. All records should begin in uh, 1998. So I believe integration was 47. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um. All right. One guy I want to talk about though, we touched on him real briefly, was Brian Johnson. Uh, Brian Johnson has gotten the start the last couple times out. Um, he got the start on the third against the Nationals. He went four and two thirds. Uh, gave up eight hits, two earned runs, two walks, two Ks, zero home runs. Uh, and then the outing before that, when he got the start, he pitched four innings, one earned run. And then way back in April, he had a six-inning, uh, one earned run game as well against the Marlins. 
Uh, I went back, looked at his starts from last year too, and I'm getting more and more convinced that Brian Johnson is actually like a viable fifth starter. Maybe not for this team, but for some team in baseball, he could be a viable fifth. And I think he's actually better as a starter than he is as a reliever. I think he, uh, for this team, is like, I agree with you that on a different team, I think on this team he's like half or like 70% of a fifth starter. But he's uh, he's great for what they need him to do. He's fine. I don't know. I I kind of feel like, and I'm not really basing this on anything, he just kind of feels like a pitcher who does really well the first time a team sees him. But then once they kind of know what's coming, it doesn't go as well. Like he doesn't, like his stuff just isn't overpowering. So if you can kind of figure out um, like what his pitches are and maybe try and figure out his sequencing a little bit, you can get to him. Plus, I mean, he walks a really fine line. If he if his command is off even a little bit, he gets hit hard. So, I mean, yeah, he can probably be a number five starter on, like, a bad team or something, but I, I wouldn't really overstate how good he is. He's just fine. He's there. Yeah, I'm not saying he's any sort of a, uh, a savior or anything like that, but I think He did that... say he would start him over Price in a playoff game. Well, He'd I be would. the third starter on the Marlins. I mean... I would start him over Price. <laughs> Um, but the the thing the Marlins aren't a team. The Marlins aren't a professional team. Isn't he a perfect National League fifth starter though? If you think about it, with his bat, you know, winning that two way player award in college, he'd be awesome yeah, on a I, National League club. I uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that his uh, batting stats would be putrid. Yeah, because he's course. a pitcher. But it'd still be kind of fun. No, pitchers hitting is never fun. John Lester hit another home run. I mean, what's wrong with you? Uh, John Lester. Some guy, when I said something about uh, NL rules being bad, some guy's response was sending a still image of John Lester hitting a home run. <laughs> like that was like that was going to convince me that NL rules are actually good. The NL is garbage. It's hot garbage. Cosine. Uh, John Lester, a pitcher with a good record against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, by the way. Uh, no, we're not doing the John Lester thing. Yeah, I, I know, I know. It's the rewritten it's temp- history on John Lester is just unreal. It's it's tempting. I, I the one thing that's overlooked to me in all of that is just that the upheaval and sort of like the Red Sox front office and ownership that obviously it's easy for us to just point say they should have done Lester, but it was. We're in a good place now. I don't care about that stuff anymore. I didn't care about it at the time. I certainly don't care about it now. No, I wouldn't have brought it up, but, you know, Lester being there. No, it was there. It was there. It was there. It was there. The Red Sox made a trade uh, since the last time we were on this podcast, and it's a trade that I actually really love. Uh, They traded Santiago Espinal, an infielder. Uh, I believe he was at High A Salem um, for Steve Pierce. Uh, who is sort of an outfield, first base, utility guy, more of a first base guy, uh, crushes lefties. Um, Matt, we go to you on this one. Um, how does this immediately improve the Red Sox? It gives them somebody to hit lefties. I mean, they've been really bad against lefties this year. and I mean, they had been getting better before this trade happened, but they still... I mean, he gives... Moreland a break, he gives Bradley a break, he gives Benintendi a break um, when there's Lefty on the mound. and Plus he gives them a pinch hitting option late in games that they haven't really had all year. So they were kind of hurting for like legitimate offensive depth. They just had a bunch of like Brock Holtz, Blake Swihart, Sue Lins. So having somebody that can actually like hit well off the bench and somebody you can plug into the lineup and feel good about, that's a huge upgrade for them for a pretty minimal cost. Yeah, and, and Espinal really does kind of uh, – his ceiling is sort of a utility guy, it seems like, if if that if he gets to that point. Uh, so it's he's, not like it's a huge loss. No, I mean, he's good. He's been getting better every year, and um, I wouldn't – be totally shocked if he kept getting better and could be like a second division starter and like a best case scenario but um 
it's absolutely worth it for the Red Sox, but I wouldn't say like Espinosa nothing or anything. No, he's, definitely he's, not nothing. He's one of the few guys having a good season this year in the Red Sox yeah, minor league. He's hitting for yeah, he's hitting for a lot of power too, and um, Salem's not a easy place to hit home runs. So, uh, shortstop who can do that is at least intriguing. Yeah, that's for yeah. Sure. He, uh, for me, this is just it reminds me of uh, the Nunez trade last year, except for maybe people are higher up on this because I remember when the Nunez, Nunez trade happened he was great last year uh, people were like eh, eh, what does this matter that yeah it was that, underwhelming but that he was, was great relic. But it, yeah. and he, was the, I, he was a huge spark for them last year I didn't yeah, expect that though when he got traded over here I, I looked at his numbers and what he had like, done and I was good. just like eh. they, they were good um, they were good before he came yeah, um, they were fine. It just didn't seem like what the team needed, you know, at that point. Right. I I agree, but in this case, this is this is just like the platonic ideal of a trade you want to do. We talk about Dombo what is he going to do with these big moves and the, this small move getting a a prospect who like most prospects aren't going to make the majors. Getting him for Steve Pierce, a guy who played who batted uh, cleanup his first game, hit a double in his first at bat. Like, this is a coup. I mean, it's a small coup. It's like a coup of, uh, like, um, Eritrea. But it's, it's, uh, it was, <laughs> it's a great trade. It's a great I don't trade. Know what just happened. <laughs> he just, uh, the, the small East African na- nation of Eritrea, whose people are ethnically I was thinking of Andorra. I wanted to say Andorra. I wanted to say Andorra, but I wanted to say Angola. Angola is big. Andorra what is not. Hell, are you guys talking about uh, Africa? <laughs> geography. I'm not very good at geography. Uh, no, but the the Steve Pierce move is great. I, th- I think we all agree with that. And the, the the thing that I like about Pierce is that when you dig into his advanced stats too, he's been a bit of a uh, sabermetric darling. He's always had like a really good WRC plus, and one of these guys who always seems like he's a really good hitter and sort of is and I think that can only improve what's already a strength for this team and thankfully his name is not spelled like Paul Pierce so he doesn't need to be worried about getting stabbed true that um the sweet ever tell you I went to high school with the uh niece of the guy who stabbed Paul Pierce nice I had gym class with him wow yeah it's an interesting school (laughs) Um, Red Sox went down to D.C. Uh, no one got stabbed. Um, the Nats got stabbed. The Nats did. Yeah, they bled <laughs> out. Um, but I wanted to talk about one particular start, that first game of the series. I think we were all kind of expecting, well, not me, because I actually predicted a Sox win on a Nationals podcast. Suck it. Um, but Scherzer. Uh, For a second, versus... I thought you said national podcast. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Scherzer versus Porcello ended up being super entertaining. Uh, and how awesome was that Rick Porcello hit? Oh, I got roasted for that one. Did you? Why? Cause I he... made some comment about how dumb and how baseball was like 10 seconds before he had the double. <laughs> I didn't realize that they were like boys among boys, like they're besties shares yeah. of Porcello. yeah apparently oh, yeah. yeah i had no idea um yeah i i think i was busy and i saw it was three nothing and i came back and i was thinking about fantasy i'm like god benintendi must have done something good and then i didn't even look it up online and then porcello came up for the second time it was like three run double into third or second whatever it was i'm like what the fuck yeah me? he was uh he was smiling at Scherzer, like expecting Scherzer to smile back. And uh, yeah, that's not how Scherzer is on the mound. No, he didn't really but, give him mean, that smile they, back. <laughs> the Red Sox, the Red Sox, uh, fucked up the Nationals so much that Scherzer went ape on them yesterday. Yeah, I know. Scherzer's a maniac. I love that guy. Oh, he's awesome. But the, you know, they're they haven't won. They've won like once in Scherzer's last five starts. So the guy's probably losing his mind right now. Uh, good uh, sus that now i don't know this is not good podcasting i just saw a stat they've been like unbelievably bad since the capitals won the cup huh. and i think that's the curse 
Interesting. A little give and take there. Some voodoo magic was performed. Something good happened in Washington sports, and now everything bad is happening, which makes sense. Well, at least they got one nice thing. So, Good for DC. They hadn't won in a long time. Uh, update on Dustin Pedroia here. Dustin Pedroia is rehabbing in New York City. Um, there is no real timetable for him still. The team doesn't really know what the hell's going on with him. Um, but wait, like, he's he's rehabbing in New York City? Yeah, he's. Actually, he went to see a doctor there, and they like um, suggested he stay there. The doctor. Yo, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hang out with him. Yeah, go Let's stalk go. him. It's a pretty right. small town. You should be able to find. Him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just ask around. No issues. Um, my question for you two gentlemen is, is the team okay with Brock Holt here or should they add uh, a second baseman? They also did add, you know, for what it's worth, Brandon Phillips, who can play second and third, uh, but he's not in playing shape right now. I believe that outfield and relief pitcher are bigger priorities because I actually like Holt, but I wanted to get you guys' opinion on uh, what, do you, what do you think about this situation. I don't think they need to. I mean, I wrote about this today. I don't really know. Um, I, I They should at least be looking into it. I think somebody like Lowry, although I'm not sure the A's are going to be sellers at this point. Mike Lowry? Jed. Oh, uh, I thought you meant the dude from Bad Boys. Okay, I'm just going to ignore that. Um, Lowry or as Drupal Cabrera <laughs> would probably be good targets. Uh, you just threw me so far off. <laughs> Forget it. I'm done with this point. I don't know. That's my answer. God damn it. Brian, what do you think about Mike Lowry? Um, you know, I've seen Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. I think that Bad Boys 2 is the best, like, Bad Boys 2 and Bad Boys 1 are so different in, like, the American film firmament. Bad Boys 2 was the most ridiculous. It still might be the most ridiculous action movie I've ever seen. And in the middle of that movie, they set the record, I think, like this is very Bill Simmons for like the most ridiculous action scene I've ever seen. They top it three times before the end of the movie. Um, what is happening? That, we're talking about bad boys. We're talking about bad boys, Matt. We're talking about bad boys. Um, let's talk about CJ Chatham or some Red Sox stuff instead. Go, go ahead, Jake. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't really know whether or not Dustin Pedroia is going to be back anytime soon. So they might have to he, do no, something. Yes, expensive. we do. Yeah, actually, yes, we do. He's not going to be he's back. He's probably not going to be back. Uh, if he's rehabbing in New York City, yeah, he's not coming back anytime soon. It doesn't seem good right now. It really doesn't. We're, we're going to address this later, <laughs> so maybe we can marinate on this. For my entire 20s and 30s, and I was not in playing shape. I will say, Bad Boys 2, though, great TV movie. If it's on, you stop it and watch it. But the only movie that I'd rather watch stop King. and watch is iRobot. Whenever that's on with Will uh, Smith. Let me tell you something about iRobot. Okay. I have seen iRobot at least 300 times in my life. It's great, right? It, you know, it, I mean, it's just – it's a classic Will Smith movie. It's yeah. just – it's not – it's it nothing. It's like an actually – and like nothing really happens, but – you just sit there and watch the whole thing. Oh, what no about reason. the heroics at the end? Sonny decides that his body is look, built for that one mission, and he does. Like, look, I like iRobot. It's like, oh, that's Tom Brady. She, they have a kid. That's all I think. I'm of the rare opinion she's better looking than uh, Giselle, by the way. You don't have to get into that. Yeah, just saying. I um, have been of that opinion in my life, and then I stopped caring. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, she's she's they're both very uh, pretty people. Yes, very beautiful. Um, Tyler Thornburg back on the 25-man roster should make his Speaking debut. Of huh? Speaking of pretty people, that was just a joke. I have no oh. idea what he looks like, honestly, because I have not seen him pitch for the Red Sox. He's fine looking. I think uh, if he played in a movie, what's training. his name would uh, play him? The uh, Hugh Hugh Jackman would play him. I think. Huge Jackman. Hugh Jackman and Thornburg look kind of similar to me. Uh, I, yeah, I guess. I'll I'm give it to you. Thornburg. I don't really like it, but I'll give it to you. Okay. I'm getting a um, Lev Schreiber, Lev Schreiber oh, thing. What a great like narrator. A, it, the crazy thing about that – sorry, Matt. The crazy thing about that <laughs> is that I've, I've, 
heard I've seen him act and I've heard him talk and then the narration is so good but it to me does not sound anything like him well have you um, been watching like Ray Donovan or something in his terrible Boston accent oh my god <laughs> so bad so bad it's the worst <laughs> <laughs> If you watch that and then listen to his narration, it's like, how is this even the same human being? I don't know what you're talking about. What does he narrate? Oh, he narrates, like, the, the HBO Hard boxing Knox. specials and Hard Knocks, Knocks. and, like... He wins wow. Emmys for Hard Knocks every single year. Yeah. It's I really watch... I haven't watched Hard Knocks in, like... I used to see him in Brooklyn all the time when I lived in the... In Brooklyn, and see him all the time. He lived nearby. Um, and then he did, got divorced from Naomi Watts. Bad decision. Yeah. I like how this is turning into the obscure and irrelevant pop culture podcast. There's no game today. What the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, I always go to Leib, I don't even know how to say his name. Leave Schreiber? Yeah. He was in BoJack. That's, that's what I know about him. BoJack Horseman? The best show on TV. I actually haven't watched that. I got to check that out. You're not Sorry. depressed enough. Yeah. Matt definitely is. <laughs> well, maybe I'll watch it after <laughs> to be very sad. start. Oh, it's a different kind of sad. Okay. <laughs> Definitely makes you feel very sad. All right, let's get to some prospect news here. Uh, speaking of being sad, first rounder Tristan Cassis is out for the year with a UCL tear in his thumb. Uh, he will be back probably by instructs is what I've heard. Um, second rounder Nick Decker also hurt, broke his wrist. Um, should be back within like four weeks, I guess. Michael Chavis has returned from a suspension. He is expected to play first base second base and third base which might tell you something about Dustin Pedroia Lorenzo Cedrola was traded to the Reds for additional international money he uh, netted them a million and a half bucks in more money to spend on the international market is that confirmed yeah yeah okay confirmed and Drew Pomerantz is rehabbing at Pawtucket and uh, he got (laughs) rocked for two and two thirds (laughs) over five or five more home runs. runs Yeah, it was four homerooms. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Price-esque. Uh, I think it was the same night. It was, yeah. Yeah. A double doozy right there. So. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, uh, it kind of makes sense. The Red Sox were sort of jammed up with guys that they could protect in Cedrolo, and they were looking to get more international money, and the Sox prospects guys actually accurately predicted that he was one of three players they were saying might get traded, and he did. So, uh Big ups to yeah. those gentlemen. I like Cedrilla. I'm a little upset about it, but it's more of a preference thing. He's just my kind of player. Yeah, he's good. Sense. He's having a good year. He probably should have been moved up. Yeah, well, I kind of figured something was up because there's really no reason he should have been at Greenville at all this year. Never mind for the entire season. So um, I kind of figured that they were ready to move on from him. So. Yep. They always not... get – they got – they got international money from the Reds last year, too, so that kind of seemed like a partnership made in heaven. Yeah, it's that uh, Longy money, right? Yeah, I don't think he got them as much, but yeah. Yeah, a million and a half's not small, especially when Yeah, the I was surprised. Is... I had heard like that may be the amount, but I didn't know that was confirmed. That's a lot of money. Yeah, $4.9 uh, million is the budget for the Red Sox pre-Cedrola, so... Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's pretty pretty respectable. Uh, let's get to some listener questions here, guys. Uh, Jake Costick asks asks our first question. Uh, he says, should the Red Sox entertain the possibility of trading Heath Hembry, Joe Kelly, and or Brian Johnson, among others, on the MLB club for prospects to reload the system? The idea is that guys like Buttrey, Maddox, Thornburg, and trade acquisitions could take their place. Uh, what do you guys think, Brian? You want to talk about this one? Jake Costick. The, the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> it is, yeah. What up, Jake? Um, Our friend out of left field. No, I'm going to defer to Matt on this one. Um, unless there's absolutely no spot for them on the roster, then no. I don't think it's ever a good idea to give up anybody who you think can help, who you think makes the Major League roster better uh, to help the farm system when you're trying to win a World Series. And I like Buttrey. I... And mildly intrigued by Thornburg and Maddox, but I mean, there's no way I'm trading Hembry or Kelly. Johnson, I could see kind of being on the outside looking in, so if that happens, 
I wouldn't mind trading him, but that's the only reason. If you're gonna if you're just gonna DFA him anyways, then yeah, you could do that. But otherwise, no. Matt, who do you have more confidence in right now, Hembry or Kelly? <sighs> that's the response I wanted, buddy. That's, yeah, that's I like Keith Hembry more than like everybody else, and I s- never really trusted Joe Kelly. I think I still have to go Kelly, but it's it's close. Hembry's been I, I, over I wrote about this month. today too. I, everybody who's not Kimbrel and Barnes is kind of like in that same range. Remember when Kimbrel people were Barnes. trying to convince me that Kelly was as good as Barnes? Do you remember hey, that? Hey man, uh, I've always been a Matt Barnes guy. Barnes is a man. It's my dude. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's very good. He is. But I think that. Uh, and our trade deadline series coming up will reflect this. We all expect them to go out and get a reliever. Hey, there's no reason they shouldn't. Uh, I'm with you 100% on this, though, Matt. There's no reason you deal major league depth, depth at this point. Henry Kelly, Brian Johnson, those guys are all worth more to you right now than they are to anybody else. And Ty Butchery, as good as the stuff can be, that dude petrifies me with how much he loses command at times. So I certainly wouldn't want to be relying on him. He's but yeah, I, I I wanted to get a chance at some point just to see what he is, but um, it's kind of hard to spot for that right now. Yeah, I am sure. Uh, next question comes from Mike Teague. He says, "What is a surprise on the trade market that we'll be talk we'll all be talking about? Uh, could be an interesting trade no one's talking about, or maybe a lack of a move. What's an interesting scenario no one's considering? Anybody want to look at this one?" The only interesting thing to me would be if they didn't trade for a reliever. That would be very interesting to me. Oh, are you talking about the Red Sox or just in general? Um, I was, I'm assuming the Red Sox, but he didn't specify. Jake, you know what happens when you assume? I, don't have I think Sox I've done this one before. You make an ass out of you and me, Brian. No, no, no. no. Sometimes you're usually you're right. You're usually right. That's what <laughs> That's I said. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> um, I, have, I don't have a Red Sox one, but I was going to say the Mets uh, trade Syndergaard. Ooh, yeah, that'd be shocking. Hot one. I'd be shocked if they traded Degrom or Syndergaard. Where? Where? I don't Anywhere. know, man. I'm just trying to make it. Just trying to get these takes up. No, but I, but it's a it's a real question. I'm like, where? Yeah, I I put that. I thought of this literally like ten seconds before I said it. I mean, I hate it because it's true, but the Daily News, the New York Daily News, like a month ago, mocked up Syndergaard and Degrom in. Yankees gear and said that those trades make the most this the most obvious trading partner and I mean it is they'd be giving up a, a lot Gleebeck. yeah but uh, they have Torres would definitely be gone yeah uh, and um, he's hurt now so but I mean it's uh I don't think it'll happen but that would taking that team out I think limits it a lot especially because the Astros are sort of another team you might expect are pretty chocolate yeah. if the uh, Mets yeah, traded yeah, those guys oh, yeah. i mean like that would be essentially like committing suicide in that market if but you so them is to the I mean, one, they're so the playing game one for the mets like yeah i guess simply being the do. mets is doing that <laughs> yeah i guess so especially if you talk to a mets fan you do get that uh sense i uh all the time one of my best friends is a mets jets dicks fan and uh it's not even fun just sad. That's that's the golden combo. Right there. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, it's gross. Can't I mean, I, I if you if you tack on the Islanders too, it just gets. It, yeah, he's it's Rangers. Like, but... Yeah. See. Everybody who was born past '94 is Rangers. Uh, yes. Well, he wasn't born past '94. But... What? Uh, you have a friend who's 22. Oh, oh I like, thought you meant born '94 later. Past Oh, oh, I got you. I, I, he was born in 91. I should have phrased that better. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, I, was, I, that was unbelievable. Mark Messi. Anyhow. Anyway, uh, Vinny. Vinny asks our next question. He says, what is this team's biggest weakness? Uh, Brian, what's the biggest weakness on the team? Second base defense. Oh, shoot. What about with Holton? <sighs> Anybody read that Drellick article on Holt? I thought that was uh, – he, he talked about Holt. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. He it. had like severe anxiety and uh, sort of credits. He doesn't put himself in 
anxious situations like Pedroia's kids. They're with the Mall of America and ask him to go on a roller coaster. And he's like, no, no, no. That is this. He realizes now that is sort of stuff that makes me uh, messed up. Um, what is the? I mean, second base defense has been recently, obviously, the pain point. Um, they don't really have one. I guess I guess the the biggest weakness uh, that I can identify at this very moment is uh, whether David Price would start in the playoffs or not. <laughs> I think you were right. I think it, I was going to say infield defense in general, but I mean second base specifically. Interesting. I, and, I, and base running too. Base running still pretty frustrating. They're getting better, but it's still not great. I still think it's the bridge to uh, Barnes and uh, Kimbrell. That's that's what worries me the most. I don't know, man. Okay. I, I need get to ask it, you. But it's I need to ask so you. good. I'm serious about this. Yeah. Why isn't Pointer on the roster? I don't know, man. Um, well, I think ahead of him. I'm, I'm not. This I don't is know not judge. Well, that's the thing is so many guys are out of options. That's like, I I mean, you can't take out Workman right now. He has an option, but he's been throwing amazing. You can't take out Barnes. He has an option. Then you're not taking out Kelly or Kimbrell. So then that leaves you Hembry and Thornburg both don't have options. So then maybe Velasquez. Velasquez is really the only guy you can But I think you want a long guy. Right. What what about Cuevas? Cuevas got sent down for Al Thornburg. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, See, I thought it was a little weird that um, Pointer wasn't on there before Thornburg came back, but now that Thornburg's here, there's there's just not enough space. Unless unless they get rid of uh, they could DFA Swihart and go with a short bench and bring up Pointer. I I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that at all. Swihart seems to make sense, but it seems like I think we can sort of deduce that they're they believe that Thornburg will be able to do something. They also must think they can trade Blake Swihart because they wouldn't just keep him on the roster yeah, this long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, I mean, that's There's the a Shake thing. Shack in City Field, in Center Field. Trade Swihart for like <laughs> two double Shack burgers. There's never a Shake Shack at Nats Park, too. I've never had Shake Shack. It's good. It's pretty. It's very good. I heard it's good. It's very good. It's in and out. It's same same thing. See, in and out I was kind of disappointed in, but just because everybody, like, hyped it up so much, you know? Did you go yeah, to Pinkies? It was fine. It's a bit better than in and out but it takes a lot longer. I don't know what that is. It's the hot dog joint out there? Pinks? I, yeah, I've been off the East Coast once in my life. So. Same. Yeah, what? A lot of experience. Listen, traveling takes time and money, man. Yeah. You don't have either of those things. Well, yeah, where well, did you go? I went to my brother moved to Arizona a couple years ago, so I went to uh, spring training with him when he first moved out there. Jake, where did you go? I was in San Diego, Wales, vagina. Where my in-laws are from. I'm going there next summer. Nice. I saw a panda while I was there. It was great. Next question comes from Zach C, the Raider. We're really all over the map today. (laughs) (laughs) We are. Uh, Any news on the international bonus pool money we still have left? And do you think we are in on Victor Victor? He's referring to Cuban outfielder Victor Victor Mesa, uh, who I believe is 21 years old and pretty good. Uh, I actually did the calculation on this. The Red Sox have $2,543,500 left. On the international market. Did they um? Did they have all the dollar amounts? They usually don't release the Venezuelan signing bonuses. Uh, signing them from Venezuela. So I'm going off of one, two, three, four, five, six Dominicans I don't know how many they signed. Venezuelan that they signed so far. And, and they had the signing bonus for them. Yeah, they had the signing bonuses listed for those guys, but then they don't have a bunch of other Venezuelan guys that they signed. Yeah. Um, and three more Dominican guys. So I have no clue, but I would guess that they're all much smaller amounts because they tend to make these like almost nothing bonuses for a bunch of dudes. Um, so they had trouble with that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, serious. you're probably right, but uh, it's it's harder to follow this time of year just because. The Latin, I mean, the whole Latin America uh, baseball scene is really sketchy. They don't release all the numbers, and it's not all above board. But um, it's not like the draft where you kind of get the full picture. 
we don't really know what they're doing yet. Yeah, and I would guess they have like two million and change to work with, even after yeah. all those other guys sign. But I would anticipate that they're going to be in on Victor Victor. I mean, he's he's awesome be. and he fills a gap for them. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be enough money. I don't really know what other teams are at, but um, it should at least be in the conversation. I mean, that's they need to improve their farm system, and that's a pretty easy way to do it is to get a top talent who's 20, 21 years old. Yeah, and, and to uh, give you another point for that, uh, Eduardo Lopez was their top signing this year, an outfielder out of the Dominican Republic, and he only signed for a million, a little over a million, so... Um, you know, it's not like they landed a huge guy like they did last year with Daniel Flores or even their top three guys all passed uh, Eduardo Lopez's bonus last year. I didn't know Diaz got that much. Uh, Diaz got 1.6, Flores got 1.4, and uh, Daniel Flores got 3.1. Yeah, so Eduardo Lopez 1.15 this year was their top guy. You know, Flores doesn't get brought up enough for like the st- when we talk about the state of the Red Sox farm system. I mean, obviously that's not the most important part of him, his death, but um, that was that changed things pretty significantly. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a huge, huge negative game changer. Something that the system will feel for a while, uh, and that everybody will, I, I guess, you know. Um, Jack Bale asks our next question. He says, will the Red Sox continue to rotate Leon and Vasquez the rest of the way? Mr. Lineups, Brian Joyner, what trends are you seeing, my friend? I think they prefer Leon at this point. That's the trend I've seen. Wow. Uh, It seems that he is, uh, this is just anecdotally, but recently it seems like he has been in there more often than Vasquez. It seems like he's been outside of Christian Vasquez's occasional 700 foot home runs. Um, seems like he's been, uh, hitting better. And from the stats I see on the, the twit Twitter machine, uh, has been better at Bruce. Uh, if the ERAs are better. Um, also, I don't remember what it was, but, well, there was the Vasquez um, third strike thing on uh, the other day where Vasquez got crossed up with Kimbrell. Oh, and, that was awful. Yeah, it was awful. Um, but it's not the first time. It, Vasquez's defense is supposed to be the thing, and he's obviously very good at it. But he has these brain farts. And just judging by the the, the number of times they've put the names in it seems like they prefer leon at this point that's that's just what i'm seeing i don't know i, I think, think it's a hot still, hand thing it's yeah it's a, it, exactly it's definitely a hot hand thing there's no clear winner but i think leon has the hot hand right now yeah i definitely say that uh over watching this team since they've had both of these guys i i really do believe that pitchers prefer to throw to leon i agree with that I think he. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Um, he, they, people seem to love throwing to him, and he kind of seems to be able to get into everybody's mind and like knows what they want to throw at any given time. Um, obviously, him and Sale have a ridiculous rapport, and he's kind of had that with Porcello a lot this year too. So I think you're. I think you're right on that. Vasquez seems to have like the physical skills. Like I'm going to try to yeah. pick you off of first base. I might throw you out at second and sit. But Sandy Leone is more of like the engaged uh, with the pitcher on every pitch to, to a higher level. That was such a great under-the-radar sort of signing there, getting Leone. I love Sandy Leone. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Uh, I, I would recommend we don't go listen to our podcast from like two months ago uh, if we're talking about how much we love Sandy Leone. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> we shouldn't listen to any of our podcasts, probably. Uh, I'm gonna Except get for to... the one where we screamed. Which Leave a five-star review. Now would be amazing. <laughs> uh, let's get to Chris Henderson's question before we tackle three pretty good questions from a uh, Boston sports fan. Chris Henderson asks us, how much longer will Swihart be Red Sox? It's clear he doesn't have a future with the organization in the same time he's taking up a roster spot. 
with a 165 bat, gone in a package for a reliever? Yes. Uh, he's definitely going to be gone. If he's not gone by the trade deadline, I would be shocked, and I think he'll have a really nice career somewhere. Um, I think he's going to be gone by the trade deadline. I don't think he's going to have a very nice career anywhere, though, unfortunately. <laughs> but, well, uh, he'll find a life after baseball. I don't think he's going to have a very nice career as a professional baseball player. His mom's going to be pissed. All right, well, uh, Boston sports fans, first question. He says, uh, do the Red Sox need to start Brock Holt on a more regular basis and have Nunez ride the bench more often? I'm a resounding yes on this. Matt, where are you at? Yeah, um, I think Nunez has been better lately, so I wouldn't like totally ditch him or anything, but Holt should definitely be playing more often than him. Brian, you team Holt? We lose Brian. I don't think we have Brian anymore. Oh, well. <laughs> no, I had it on mute. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm Team Holt. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next question from Boston Sportsman. He says, after the season, who on the current Red Sox roster do you think the Red Sox should attempt to re-sign? Uh, Brian, first guy you think they should attempt to re-sign this offseason? Who am I choosing amongst? Uh, Craig uh, Kimbrell? Kimbrell, Kelly, Pomerantz. Pierce. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Craig Kimbrell by a country mile. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is the only one. I don't one care I'd about the money. Try to. I don't uh, care about the money. He's amazing. He's if you can amazing. get Pierce for cheap money, I, I wouldn't mind keeping sure. him. Sure. That, that would be a Yeah, good. those are the only four. And then Adam Wind and uh, Brandon Phillips, but obviously. Sure, the Adam Wind is on the team. I forgot. And about David that. Price when he opts out. Yeah. No, I mean, I like. <laughs> I think that it's possible we underrate Cambro. Um, a little, just a tiny speak, bit. Speak for yourself. Just a tiny bit, because he is the best of his so, generation. Is he? Yeah. He's close to it. Yeah. I'd rather have Bond. Mm. The same generation. Absolutely not. Kimbrel over. I still would rather have Kimbrel anyways, but I would rather have Prime Papelbon over Prime Kimbrel. No, but you're talking about. But you said you'd rather talking about careers, right? Well, if you're talking talking about career as a whole, but just time with the Red Sox. Oh, I'm not talking. I'm just talking about his career. Yeah, Kimbrel has a better career than Papelbon. Would you rather have Koji or the field? Koji. Right. Give me me Koji from 2013 over anybody, Mm. including Kimbrel this year. Koji would have struck out Zeus himself. I don't know, yeah. man. Kimbrel was Zeus is pretty Zeus. special last year. Zeus's OPS was fucking nasty. Yeah, and he's real prone to the split, so you know he would have he would have really got him. Last question comes from Boston Sportsman again. Do you think there's a possibility Dustin Pedroia will never play another major league game? In my opinion, I don't think he'll ever play again. And his career is over. It's sad, but I think what's going to happen, uh, that I think that's what's going to happen, and the Red Sox fans shouldn't be surprised if it does. I think there's like a 1% chance he doesn't play again. I'd be very surprised if that happens. I'd be very surprised. It's not, it's clearly not out of the question, but it is pretty much out of the question. That dude is going to fight to come back. If you say, like, will he play. If you set a number of games on it and said, like, will he play fewer than 200 games for the rest of his career? I'd say oh, yeah, this, is, this is like a 30% chance of it. Um, but not play another game, I feel like, is ex- like is, is this person going to kill him? Because if so, <laughs> then then they're right and they win. So, uh, you know, I can't I can't fight. I, I can't argue against that. But please I don't, don't kill think that. Pedroia. Yeah, please don't. Uh, I think he plays by August, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not about this. I don't know about that, Jake. I don't know if he's going to play against the Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Believe in the crazy guys. Believe in the crazy guys. David Price is crazy. David Price. All right, you know what? I'm not falling that. for that. Nope, not doing it. You almost did. I almost, I almost did. did. I caught myself. 
Um, all right, that has been our show, guys. Thank you for all the questions today. Uh, those were great questions. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please go on to iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. Rate and review us. Give us five stars. Subscribe to the show so we come directly to whatever device you listen to us on. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. You can follow Brian on Twitter at, at Brian Joiner. Brian with a Y, Joiner with an I. You can follow yeah, Matt buddy. on Twitter at Matt R Y Collins. You can follow me on Twitter at, at @devjake. And lastly, you can follow the Over the Monster site on Twitter at, at Over the Monster. Tweets provided by Matt Collins. Uh, some of them will be angry though, uh, but you know you're gonna you're gonna get that. Um, thank you for joining us. We'll be with you next week and uh, enjoy your week of baseball. <laughs>